0: Before we get going, I just have to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you to every single chiropractor who cares for children, to every single chiropractic assistant who props us up on a daily basis, and every single chiropractic patient who values what we do. It has been and continues to be an absolute honor to care for the folks in my community. If you are being turned on to our podcast by a friend or family member, but are not under chiropractic care, my hope, my wish is that you find a chiropractor in your town and see what true principled chiropractic care can do for you, your children, and your family. This show is committed to engaging the docs who perform miracles in their offices to help better understand what we do and how you can benefit. For more information, please visit my clinic on the web at www.chirobeacon.com or call us from the continental United States at 805 481 one five six six. If we can't see you, we'll find you someone who can. Today's podcast is brought to you by our very good friends at Practice Evolution Prime. Practice Evolution Prime was created to bridge the gap from school to success. You can be successful, you should be successful, and being successful takes work. You have to gain the skills and foundation to be the sought-after family chiropractor, and our goal is to create extraordinary family chiropractors. This program is not easy. It will challenge you. It will push you. We choose to only work with doctors and students who are teachable, principled, and willing to work hard to improve their skills, practice, and their lives. If you're interested in learning more about this program and to apply, or if you are a patient looking for a PEP Prime doctor, visit our website, pepprime.com. That's PEPprime.com or call the Practice Evolution Program at 801-281-1646. Hey everyone and welcome to the KiddoCast for Chiropractic Families, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative care, particularly chiropractic care for children by sharing the experiences of the doctors in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children today. Simply put, we're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics and the director of the Beacon Clinic of Chiropractic in beautiful Grover Beach, California. Today, guys, I am honored and privileged to get to sit down with my good buddy, Dr. Skip Weiss. He's got an amazing practice out in Wisconsin. Dr. Skip's healing hands, warm heart, and deep concern for his patients make him the most sought-after chiropractor in the Green Bay community, where he has been practicing with his wife for more than eight years, They have two amazing kiddos, Peyton and Brecken, and they've never been vaccinated, never been on antibiotics, and are always living life interference-free. He holds advanced certifications in pediatrics and prenatal care from the ICPA and is certified in the Webster technique. Dr. Skip includes cranial and extremity adjusting and neurosensory integration as part of his chiropractic care. He's board-certified in nutrition, he's an author, and internationally recognized speaker on pregnancy and pediatrics, and is very active in his community. You can contact him directly at Doctor Skip at WeissClinic.com, that's W-Y-S-S-Clinic.com, or at www.WeissClinic.com. Hey, buddy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking your time to be with us today.
1: Hey, Dan, it's a pleasure to be here, my man. Um, I'm Completely fired up to talk to you today.
0: Cool, man. Well, let's let's just dive right in because you know okay. your your practice, man. It's it's pretty amazing. The types of things that you see out there uh, are, are quite incredible, and your results uh, you know speak volumes. Um, I think a lot of our our listeners, especially the parents, uh, they 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 want to know a little bit about our our doctors. You know where they come from and what makes them tick. Can you tell us a little bit about how you discovered chiropractic and uh, how that led you into uh, your specialty which is pediatrics
1: yeah absolutely because um let's get right into it so a quick statement right out the gate is um a lot of us when we talk on here we're going to give a life changing experience as far as where we've been how we found chiropractic what what put us into it and um unfortunately that's what happens with everybody and uh, me and dr dan and a lot of the other chiros that are going to be on here are always looking to change that norm because it's become commonality to see a chiropractor whenever you have an ache, pain, or there's a problem with your child, yet alone what we're stri- striving to do is get every child checked um, before there's any issues because we can get the nervous system back online immediately after birth and get their body working. So with me, I've been under care since I was actually two years old. Um, my mom was taking me for stomach issues when I was really young. Uh, the uh, Medical doctors used to call that migraine headaches of the stomach, which made absolutely no sense. Um, but my chiropractors who started to help me there, but it wasn't until, um, my junior year of high school where I was between football seasons, we were in weightlifting and we were playing, uh, a form of kickball and I got the ball thrown at my legs. I jumped the ball. Um, when I landed, I hyperextended my knee, my right knee felt it snap back and snap forward, ended up tearing my, um, PCL, ACL and LCL, um, didn't tear any of the meniscus or anything like that, um. Went in, of course, uh, the medical nurse came in and, and saw me screaming on the floor. Uh, she couldn't find the pulse in my leg, so immediately she called an ambulance and sent me to the ER. We got to the ER, and um, the doc in the box up there basically looks at my knee, grabs it. Now, mind you, my knee is the size of a grapefruit. It went from normal size kneecap to completely gone in about three to four seconds, completely swollen up. Um, grabs my knee, makes me basically jump off the table and tells me I have swelling in my knee, And uh, takes some x-rays, tells me he doesn't know if anything's tore, uh, sends me out with an immobilizer on my knee, and uh, sends me home. So on my way home, my dad said, Skip, what do you want to do now? You want to go home? And I said, no. Um, I said, Dad, take me over to the chiropractor. I need to get checked. I need to make sure I'm doing okay. Um, Maybe they'll be able to help me with my knee. I'm not sure what's going on here. And and, uh, so we went over to the chiropractor. I saw my mentors at that point. Um, John Stowe and, and, and Dr. John Jordan in Black River Falls, Wisconsin. And uh, at that point, um, they had looked at my knee. John, John immediately said, let's get you adjusted today. I'm going to have you come back in the morning, and we're going to relook at your knee. When I got back in the morning, um, I was face down on the table, and uh, Dr. Stowe looked at the back of my knee and saw a little tiny blood blister. And he said, Skip, I can't tell you what's tore, but I know something's tore because you usually don't get a pocket of blood on the back of your knee. So, mind you, the MD set me up for a two-week appointment to see my general practitioner. No MRI, no nothing. So, Dr. John called immediately down to a sports clinic down in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is about 45 minutes south, um, had me in for an MRI on Tuesday. uh, I saw the surgeon on Wednesday, um, and I was in the rehab immediately after when we found out that everything was tore up. Um, My surgeon told me that a PCL rupture isn't that big of a deal. You can live your whole life without it. So, they put me in rehab immediately, a 12-week stint. Um, by six and a half weeks, I was rehabbing at a 10-week protocol already. Um, I was already starting to squat. Um, I was already starting to, to tremendously make leaps and bounds in my rehab. And my physical therapist at that point said, you know, why, why do you feel that you are um, healing so fast? And I said, well, I've been seeing a chiropractor this whole time in my whole life, and I feel that that's had a tremendous impact on me healing the way I belong. And he told me that I was wrong. He said to me, he said, you honestly think that your chiropractic care has anything to do with the healing of your body? And at that point, I could I looked at him and said yes, but I really didn't know why. Um, I got back, talked to my chiropractors, and um, Dr. John basically looked at me, John Stone, and said, Skip, have you ever thought about going into a career for chiropractic? And I said, well... No, not really. Um, I don't really I, – I love it, but I didn't really know anything about it. And he said, well, let's do this. I, I went to my first Palmer Homecoming then shortly thereafter when I was 18 and uh, fell in love with the school, fell in love with chiropractic, um, had an amazing change. I kind of compare it to love, like when you meet that significant other that you absolutely fall in love with and that you can't work without. That's exactly what I felt like when I fe- when I stepped on campus and felt this huge chill about my spine. This is where I'm meant to be. This is where God's going to place me. So I went to there, became a chiropractor. Um, My second year in the school, I got married to my amazing wife, uh, Dr. Julie Weiss. And we were pregnant a month after we were married. (laughs) And um, nine months later, my daughter was born. Now, my daughter was the first pediatric patient, actually new baby that I'd ever adjusted in my life. I actually adjusted her when she was eight hours old after everybody left me alone so I could actually take a look at my daughter Um, when Peyton was born, thinking back to her birth, she only looked to the left. She never looked to the right. And um, after she was adjusted, she immediately looked to the right in her bassinet and looked right at her mother. I thought it was one of the most cool things, and I just remembered that right now, that that was an amazing change. And while I was in student clinic up to that point, Dr. Brown, um, who was one of my mentors as well, I hold her pretty deep in my heart, um, in, in outpatient clinic at Palmer, she made me see every pediatric and pregnancy patient she had, because she needed me prepped for my wife's pregnancy and for um, for the baby that was about to come, my daughter Peyton. So from that point forward is when we when I started to delve into pediatrics because I knew I was going to practice back here in Green Bay, but of course I wanted to do athletics. Who doesn't want to take care of the Packers, right? So I thought I was going to be an athletic chiropractor. Little did I know that um, my my route was going to dramatically change and go down into pediatrics and taking care of kids and that's when I met, um, I met my, my mentor, Ogie Russell, in November of 2008 and started to really dive into pediatric care and what it all means. And from that point forward is when I started tearing into pediatrics because I saw that I could immediately affect the child and get their body back to healing itself properly if I got to them incredibly early in life. And one of the biggest things that bothered me when I was at school was we always saw the same patients for the same garbage all the time They either came in with back pains, headaches, um, some sort of sciatica, something like that, coming in from a car accident, but nothing that actually they never, ever got over. And it never made sense to me that if the body is absolutely designed to heal itself, that the nervous system is set up to heal the body in a very specific and and thought-all pattern, why is the body not getting any better? Why are we always seeing that patient for the exact same thing every week, every two weeks, whatever care plan they were under that was in an insurance model and got them better? What we've seen to change here in this office and flip onto its head is that we like to see children immediately after they're born because of the birth stress and the birth strain that they're put through during the birth process is what immediately will affect their spine. If you look at a child being put together in utero after conception, 20 days after conception, after, that, after the sperm gets into the egg, 20 days after is when we first start seeing the signs of the the nervous system being completely developed before we see anything else being developed. And that's actually what's controlling your baby's life from that point forward. Mom's providing all the blood and oxygen and, and, and nutrients and hormones to, to allow that child to thrive and, and live. But it's nervous system is what's actually, de- what's designed to actually drive itself. And that's actually forming the baby and putting everything together. Now, if we go down the road, Dan, um, 38 weeks and that baby's born 37 weeks down. So we're right around 39 to 40 weeks. Um, Now we go through the birth process and through birth strain, that's when we see a change in the child's spine. We'll see a subluxation happen. We could even see the subluxation happen in utero due to um, constraint on the baby from, from the uterus not being in the right position. But from that point forward is when we now interrupt that communication, that vital, absolutely vital, intricate communication between the brain and the body, and now the body is no longer able to run the program as perfectly as it could while it was in full communication with the body. So... The vitalistic look at that is that the body is designed to heal itself, salutogenesis will tell us that the body will heal itself and pr- continue to heal itself and give itself the best health thereafter and continue to be in the best model it can be, but when they're subluxated at birth, that's when we see a major problems so um, that 's when I come in as a cairo, and I want to take care of that mom during pregnancy. go ahead, Dan, I know you got a thought
0: yeah no i, I there's there 's a lot of really, really good stuff here you know and i I want to take a, a little bit of a step back here because you know skip you're you see these cases so often, you know, and as do I you know as as does Christina and some of our other guests on the podcast and so it becomes somewhat of a um, an axiom you know in our practice, meaning you know we see these kids and they're they 're so sick but you know, a lot of a lot of our parents that come through the door uh, have accepted um, that disease is kind of just a regular part of life. Right. Uh, because we're, we're surrounded by sickness all the time. Right. It's totally common to have, you know, children that have had 12, 13, 14 rounds of antibiotics in the first couple of years of life. It's totally common for them to have multiple ear tube surgeries. It's common in my community, especially because the air is so crummy, um, to have kids who are on prophylactic, uh, puffers. Right. Um, but but it's yeah. but it's absolutely not okay and mm-hmm. what you what you talked about you know with regards to the time in utero is really it's salient it's important because um, parents need to understand that from from day 20 on I mean this is day 20 uh in utero a baby has a connected nervous system very primitive brain yeah. that's connected to every cell in in the the primitive embryo uh, which allows everything to grow and develop the way it's supposed to but the only way that we're going to Develop healthfully and completely is if that nervous system is connected appropriately. And there are tons of things that could potentially get in the way of that nervous system. Not the least of which is trauma and constraint, um, particularly in the birthing process. There can also be uh, toxic or environmental markers that go into uh, the mama while she's pregnant that can contribute to problems. Uh, and you know, even you know, our our good friend Marcia Schaefer will talk about how uh, salutogenically we can have. Toxic issues that go back multiple generations to our grandparents and mm-hmm. great grandparents, even on the dad side, that can contribute to Absolutely. neurological interference, um, and so, and in, in, in the chiropractic uh, uh, view of view of life, you know, view of the world, um, that that is the ultimate cause of disease. The body is not so uh, poorly designed that we can prevent. Um, uh, that we that we can't live at at hundred percent. It's just we have environmental and, and social constraints that that get in our way. So chiropractors really remove all that. Um, I want to go back to the knee injury thing real quick, Skip, and you can you can um, you chime in on this because you know my story. Uh, I I got into chiropractic in a very similar way. You know, I was a wrestler when I was in high school. Um, wrestling is a really hard sport on your body, and then I moved into uh, water skiing when I was in college. I was I was actually uh, um, a, a pretty accomplished water ski jumper uh, water ski jumping is not good for your body even if you land all the time um because water is really really hard um but you know i i tore my knee uh when i was in 10th grade uh and i I tore it frankly because I was fatigued. I was uh, expressing symptoms of illness. I had a fever on that day of the tournament and I thought I was, uh, indestructible. And I went into the tournament and I was three and Oh, I had to get two more wins in order to take the gold. And I just tried to suck it up and, and, and wrestle through it and, I had like nine seconds left in the match and um, as a cross body rider in high school, and so one of my uh, one of my opponent at the time, if you're any of you guys who are in the midwest who know wrestling, he sat out on me um, I heard my knee pop, it swolled up exactly like uh, like Skip had described. Um, And it took me the entire season to heal from that, even though uh, I was not a surgical candidate because I just was not, my body wasn't working the way that it's supposed to. I was feeding it with garbage food and my nervous system was was congested with all sorts of other stressors, including, I'm sure, traumatic stress from years and years and years of, you know, having my neck cranked as a wrestler. Um, And then, you know, after letting it heal and, and getting through the end of high school and started to ski a little bit more competitively, the knee injury kept coming back and kept coming back and kept coming back. Um, on top of it, because you know, I, I it would get sore and I would limp on one side. My spine started to hurt quite a bit and. You know, one of my friends who was a competitive wakeboarder at the time, you know, he hurt his back and he saw a chiropractor, and he ended up going to chiropractic college. Um, at that point, I uh, had really, you know, reserved myself to going to medical school. Um, I'd spent five years in the ER in Santa Barbara as a as an intern in an EMT, and I took my MCATs and I I did very well. I was I was looking to get ready to 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 join the the medical force because I wanted to help people, but I I found that I was having a bit of an existential crisis because I. You know, my experience with medicine has been that, you know, we just basically repair people uh, just enough. Uh, so that they can go back and continue to injure or or hurt themselves or live in a state of disease until their symptoms come back. But when I discovered chiropractic, um, even be, even though I discovered it as uh, as an athlete, I started to realize that there's something more at play here, right? It's it's about allowing the body to do what it naturally does. It's about about allowing the body to heal on its own, and there's no better doctor than that biological healing directive. Um, I tell my patients frequently, and I'm sure you do the same thing, Skip, that when, you know, when you cut yourself or you break a bone or whatever, that your body does the work. You don't have to think about creating a scab and a callus. You don't have to think about, you know, actually fusing those bones together because the body will do whatever it can at any given point in your lifetime to maximize survivability, Right. Um, right, right. And so going back to your point with regards to, you know, seeing patients, you know, even in outpatient clinic and chiropractic school, and even in my time as an EMT, uh, we saw the same patients over and over and over again who had the same exact problems, and they would worsen over time. And, and the question is why, Right. This isn't just well, happened lost, to
1: the body's lost its ability to properly adapt.
0: Right, that's exactly right. I mean, we're we're in this constant, yeah. perpetual state of fatigue, where it's just one potential disaster after another, and the body can't actually right itself anymore. Um,
1: that's and chiropractic that's, in a and nutshell, exactly
0: and yeah, that's chiropractic in a nutshell, and that's why you know when we see children and Skip, I want you to talk about this a little bit. It's so 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 important that. We do our due diligence and we really try to identify the causes of these problems as opposed to just shrugging it off and say, you know what, the kiddo will outgrow this or it's just a phase or it's totally normal when in reality, normal usually means that it's very common but not okay, right? Um, Talk a little bit about that in your clinic, Skip.
1: So what you're talking about there, Dan, like we see in our office is common versus normal and that's a big thing that um, unfortunately gets overlooked all the time is that when you have a kid that comes in from a medical perspective and they can't latch properly, they're not staying on mom, their breastfeeding is an issue, immediately they'll go to a formula-based substitute right away or they'll give mom a nipple shield and never actually look at the cause of the problem and see that it's not normal for what's going on in the baby. A lot of that can be tracked back to mom and dad uh, looking at the APGAR scores of the child after they're born and if you look in Mosby's uh, book of physical diagnosis or different physical diagnosis books, you will see that 10 is actually normal. And it's a five-point, it's a five-category system that you give two points per category to the mom after two minute, after one minute and five minutes of birth. And it kind of gives you a, an aspect on how the child's doing, are they thriving or not. And if the APGAR score is below 10, that should tell you immediately that something is not normal, um, something is not quite right. But unfortunately, medically, they look between eight and nine and they're like, oh, I don't worry, that's fine. The baby will be okay. And you have to find out what category it's in because any point of that shows me that there's a stress going on with that child. So that's become incredibly common to see children that aren't born with 10 APCAR scores. And it's pushed off as okay. But what happens then is that they get more commonalities coming in. So this kid will actually end up with. Um, ear infections and end up with an immune system that's suppressed because the nervous system isn't thriving and isn't communicating properly between the brain and the body. And now the body itself becomes common like every other child out there that's not adjusted. And unfortunately, I look at how my kids are, and they will never know kids that aren't under normal chiropractic care. And that's what I want to see change because. They're considered the abnormals because they're healthy nonstop. And do they still get sick? Do they still get a few coughs? Sure, they do. But they are the norm. That's what kids are supposed to be. They're not the common kid that has multiple ear infections, um, that has latch issues, that has ADD, that has ADHD, that has autism because their body is actually functioning and thriving and communicating with itself exactly how it's supposed to. If you look at how the nervous system plays out in children, when they're born, the first vertebra in the neck is the most common area where we see interference and subluxation happening. That is the main junction box going into the brain and out of the brain all the time. So in your child's body, every single coming in from their toes to their fingers goes into the brain and has to come back out in a a form of communication from the brain to tell them what to do. And that works for every cell in the body. Well, when you have a subluxation, you slow that communication down, whether it's going in or coming out in both directions, and now the body starts to malfunction. And then it becomes not normal, and it starts to develop symptoms that tells the parent that something's terribly wrong. But what happens is that the malfunction is overlooked, and the symptom is what's put at as the main thing in medical. So they're going to look at and try to give them an antibiotic or something to actually change the symptom, but not actually look at the cause. The main cause is the inability of the body to talk to itself and to communicate and to properly adapt and properly heal itself. Right. That's a major problem because now the body won't work effectively. If you picture the spine as, as a scarf, and I've talked about this with you several times in three different recordings, um, the scarf is, is the most important niches, uh, stitches to a scarf are the beginning stitch and the end stitch. And if you don't have those in the right position and tied off right, Everything will unravel, and it never stays together. If you have a, a missed an area in the middle, the body can heal itself and get itself back together. But the bottom and the top are absolutely key in a child. And that starts with the immune system and their ability to latch. And it and it also starts with their ability to take everything out of their body with being able to poop and pee like they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, parents should not have to pay for their kids to poop. Okay, that's a big conversation in this office is always – They always want to put things in to get things out, and the body should always be getting things out anyways without having to put in prunes or put in sugar or put in something that allows the baby to go to the bathroom instead of just a normal, everyday process. And when... Go ahead,
0: Dan. Yeah, I, I, I want to put a um, an end cap on that one real quick because, I mean, it's so funny that you and Christina and I all have the same stories because we all talk to each other all the time, Dr. Stitcher, because she's talking a lot about this stuff on the last podcast, right? Most primitive programs right. that we see in our young kids that are absolutely necessary at birth the baby needs to sleep, the baby needs to poop, and the baby needs to eat. And if one of those programs is not working, it is an indication that there is something far more insidious going on. It's not just, oh, well, it's totally normal. It happens a lot. We can just give the baby you know glycerin, or we can just give the mom a nipple shield, or we can just feed the baby formula. It's okay. I mean, there's a whole other shaming component that goes into the mom, too, that we can talk about at a different time. But understanding that those programs are the foundation. They're the bottom of the scarf and from which everything else needs to build. If those programs aren't working, we have to get them online. We have to get them online before we do anything else. Chiropractic care, especially for kids in a nutshell, is about making sure those programs, those innate biological directives to maximize survivability and efficiency are online and working so that they can continue to build as they go on. I mean, the most common thing we probably see as a result of a pelvic distortion, like Ogie was talking about uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, will be scoliosis later on in life. And then there's aesthetic and there's structural issues that go along with that type of thing. But... There are also neurological concomitants that can contribute to disease long standing. I mean, asthma is a huge one for people who have scoliosis, bronchitis, breathing problems. And most parents don't understand or realize that there are things that are very much connected, right? We can talk about this probably in a little bit more detail, but one of the things that you and I always bring up in our, um, our pregnancy uh, consults is whether or not mom has any incontinence issues. Right, right. Yeah. And incontinence is such a big deal. It's so stinking common uh, that especially in our community, where we deal with a lot of athletes, uh, moms just kind of laugh it off as it's, you know, whatever, everybody does it. So it's probably okay, or it's something that they assume that you have to have after pregnancy, because you know, it's, there's a big thing coming through a very small hole, and it stretches everything out. In reality, that comes from chronic neurological interference to the pelvic plexus. That's brought on by longstanding vertebral subluxation and usually has to do with a pelvic alignment problem that's been there since the very, very beginning. A lot of the time it comes from birth. That's why it's so important that we check these kids right from the very get-go because a lot of the time the symptoms of disease don't show up for many, many, many years or they start... In a seemingly innocuous pattern like, oh, I was really colicky or constipated when I was a baby, but that went away. And now I have sciatic pain when I'm 40. It's the same problem. It just magnified several
1: fold. Yeah,
0: um, it's
1: just the body did exactly what it's supposed to do. It adapted and changes symptoms. Right. But the cause is still the same.
0: Right. And, you know, it's it, it's so funny, man, Skip. Like, I, I love talking to you, dude, because we we could just go on for hours and hours and hours. Um, I, I know you have a patient that you got to go see. Um, mm-hmm. Skip is... Skip is going to be a regular contributor on this podcast. He's got so many freaking stories. He's got a wealth of knowledge to be able to share with everybody. And uh, and I, I really want to make sure that uh, he spends more time with us. Um, here, here's what I'm going to do, guys. Uh, for the sake of uh, making sure that we're we're good to go, um, and if you need to get a hold of Skip in the future, please go to his website, www.wissclinic.com. That's W-Y-S-S clinic.com. He's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. He practices with his awesome wife, Julie. And, you know, as is the case with all of our other speakers, if you need to call and find a referral because you're not in our area, please get a hold of us because we are happy to find you qualified expert pediatric doctors to help your kiddos. the The take-home message here is that... You have a kiddo that's sick. Nobody can give you answers. We will do the best we can to try to find those answers under the surface. That's what our specialty is. That's where our experience is, and that's what we do. Skip Buddy, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on the cast. We'll do this again real soon, okay?
1: Thanks, Dan. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. This This has been absolutely awesome. I can't wait to talk to you guys. Uh, The pleasure is all on this side of the camera, Doc. All right,
0: guys. Until next week, uh, have uh, have a great week. Adios.